Oh, that was a week. That was a week. That was a week. There we go. Better. Got it. <laughs> it was a it was a little <laughs> bit of a wet one. It was like a wet snap. It, yeah, it was just like a like it wasn't ready for it. Didn't have proper form set. You know. Gotcha, Nick. I could hear I could hear the muscles on that snap though. Yeah, the second one was strong. Yeah, dude. I got got a good snap. Clap. Could do like the one hand clap too. The. Oh, that's the sound what? of a, that's the sound of a man. Oh, I, I I can I can get a little one. Is that you guys even registering? I've never. That? Yeah, I heard I heard a little tap. I heard a little, a little tap. tap. The, you could you could tell Nick he was a very good video game player. He's got strong hands. Dude, man, I, I could do both. I could do. Whoa! What, are you, what the hell are you doing? You're just like loose flopping your fingers. Yeah, man, you make your fingers all floppy, flippy floppy, and then you just slap them together. Whoa! That's a pro ham bone move, dude. Yeah, man. I think my natural anxiety cannot let my hand go that loose. <laughs> I think I'm just like, <laughs> I'm stuck in constant like flight mode. You just loosen up and it's like, oh, God, they're broken. I'll never, <laughs> they'll never work again. They're too loose. But, but Paul, I could see a like animated Happy Feet-esque story about you, about uh, anxious hands, Paul, and like everyone's like, oh, look at his hands always like jittering around. He's like, yeah, but he can he can really do some finger dancing with that move. Like, <laughs> Fear fingers, a, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> jitter, jitter fingers, Paul. Jitter fingers, Paul. Uh, uh, <laughs> I would love to watch that. Chad, please write that movie. Dude, that'll okay, that'll be your quarantine script. Man, I, I've been I, I've been trying to guess what's gonna be like the hackiest quarantine scripts, especially the like the rom com uh-huh. ones. But I yeah, that sure that'll be my quarantine script. It'll be like fat. What's your antagonist? Is it the disease? Another rival? Well, there's the small uh, the small A antagonist is another rival. The big A is mm-hmm. obviously the Corona. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I I think your your antagonist, your low level antagonist, mm-hmm. is another rival uh, hand dancer, and he has like <laughs> muscular fingers. Where, uh-huh. like, everything, and he's like Russian, and everything is precise movements. It's like it's hard pistons firing. What's that? What's the uh, drumming movie? Nick, you know it. Uh, drumline. Uh, uh, stomp, oh, stomp the yard. No, no stomp no, the yard. No, no, with uh, with the with the with the drummer man who who you know. You know the guy, the guy, the guy, the insurance guy. Oh, oh whiplash, whiplash, whiplash. The, the insurance guy. The insurance guy. <laughs> All the things. I love that. The I insurance love that, guy. I love that actor so much. I know him as he's more so than that. J.K. Sim- JK Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Yeah, that, I always say J.J. Simmons now because he's J. Jonah to me so yeah. much. I like, know, yeah. I know. He's that guy. But he's, it's like that level. He's this the antagonist, the foil of our main character is so good. He could, you know mm. those little, those little finger symbols? Sure, sure. You guys know what I'm talking about? Strap them to your fingers and you clap them together? Yeah, he's so good. He can play those, each finger individually, and create cacophonous whiplash level drumming with his hands. That's (laughs) That's how good he is. (laughs) Not my tempo, Paul. Yeah, we could do some Foley work and just like replace them with like spoon, like someone playing the spoon sounds. You know what I mean? I haven't seen someone play the spoons since I was in elementary school, and I remember seeing that, and my mind was blown. Well, not many of us can afford two spoons, so no, it's tough. No, yeah, that was, that was the real, two silver spoons, especially, that's a really fancy spoon player. It is It is a pastime of the rich, you're right. <laughs> yeah, that was. that's why the phrase, born with a silver spoon in their mouth, is because now they have an instant leg up in the spoon playing community. Yes, yes. Guys, I have a question for you. Yes, please. If you were a magicer, a magicer person, a person that does uh-huh. magic on stage, mm-hmm. What yeah. kind of magicker would you be? Like, oh. would you be a mind freak? Would you be a David Copperfield, <laughs> which is kind of like 
David, David Copperfield's like a like a mid ground between a mind freak and a regular Houdini, right? Or I guess a Houdini is, is his own kind. I mean, what what's a generic uh, regular magic man like from this book? Sure. Is there a fam- um, is there a famous regular magic man? Uh, would it be an illusionist? Yeah. Would that be the default? Yeah, like ter- yeah, term for yeah. It? Sure. Yes, yes. Is there even a famous illusionist? Well, um, there's like uh, the two guys from Prestige. Those two guys from Prestige. Okay, yeah. Amazing Jonathan is like comedian magic guy, I guess. Okay. Oh, I think yeah. I'd be like a pen and teller. We're like, okay, nah, magic, magic is kind of stupid, but here it is. You'd be like what the main character of this book was like when on accident. Yeah, he was like <laughs> not sure about magic a no, lot of the time. He, he was he was accidentally being a teller a lot of the time. For a kid obsessed with magic, he didn't know a lot of magic. That's a good question, okay. Nick. I think you would be a pen. I think Nick would be a pen. But what do you feel in your heart? Are you a pen or a teller? Um, uh, I think I'd be a teller. Yeah, is it because yeah. he's from Philadelphia? Like silent and confident, and from Philadelphia. Yes, <laughs> that's that's the big reason. <laughs> I think solo teller is an interesting act. Like, just no dot. There's no voices at all. It's purely just visuals. All like, and body sounds. Like he hand bones, right? He, yeah. he he knocks his legs together. It's impressive, yeah, dude. I think you could easily get a Vegas a Vegas gig. You know I, what I mean? Like a Blue Man Group kind of thing. Okay, well now Ooh. we're bringing we're bringing some like. You're gonna have rhythm in it too. You're, again, with your hands, you'd be. Oh my god, you'd be the the rhythmic illusionist. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. My I, parents, my parents went to Vegas and saw Nick the the rhythm the rhythmic illusionist, and they <laughs> loved it. All they had to do was get tickets on the strip. You know, there's guys <laughs> selling tickets on the strip, and they got them. Yeah, well, you can't buy them online. It's a, no, it's a hot no, show. It's a scam. It's, it's a, a hot. Scam. Oh, I was gonna say it was a hot show, but it all. <laughs> But I guess it also is a scam. Uh, I'm on well, rank- the illusion is the scam. That's I see. Like part I see. of it. You know? Ah, yes. yes the, that's smart. The scams works on many levels. Uh, I'm on ranker.com, which is a website. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I Googled uh, famous illusionists. Harry Houdini. Okay, look. I don't think mm. he was an I mean, he was an illusionist. But what we know Harry Houdini as was a great escaper. Probably most famous right? yeah, escape uh, artist, yeah, I, mean, I would say. That guy's like a real life... Magician, real life magic man. Sure, but I, I like when I think of Houdini, I think of escaping from a like a water tank upside down in a straitjacket. That's what I think of when I think of Harry Houdini. Not illusionary. Yeah, yeah, he's an escape artist at yeah. that point. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I imagine him as. Now, David mm. Copperfield, that man's an illusionist. Copperfield will make a helicopter disappear on stage. He he he's yeah. a va- he's a vanisher. I would say a vanisher class, right? Magician of anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, part mind freak, but also part. Mostly illusionist, a little bit of mind freak in there. Now, David Blaine, opposite side, mostly mind freak, a little bit, yeah, a little bit of illusionist. Well, now David Blaine's doing that stuff like where he just performs for celebrities, right? Like those videos that would go around of like watch oh, Harrison Ford, yeah, watch dude. me do magic. <laughs> that was the person I went to. I was like, he just went to Harrison Ford's kitchen, and Harrison Ford's just like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> Did you put that card in my orange? You pulled a card out of my orange. Did you do that? Oh, do that trick for my wife. Those are Callista's right. oranges, not mine. <laughs> she, I'm not going to take the fall for this one. <laughs> now, Chad, I see you as sort of, I think you're more of a, I don't think you'd be a mind freak, Chad. No. no. I don't think you're a Chris Angel. No. I don't have the body for a you're... Chris Angel. I don't have the the otter bod. Uh, was I think the internet <laughs> the called otter. for for a, a muscular and lanky? I'm more of a, a big a big show type. 
Okay, maybe more yeah. of a pen. Pen's not like yeah, a bit, he's just a tall guy. Yeah, but Penn's such an asshole. I mean, he's great. He's he seems very talented. You're too uh, nice to be a yeah. You're too nice to be a. Ten, a I pen. think I would like to do an inverse on the Penn and Teller model, though. Of okay. Come to my show, mm-hmm. right? I'm I'm the great. Re- I'm going to say I'm calling myself the great revealer, but I already caught myself there because I might <laughs> get the wrong impression. <laughs> I, I will shed light on tricks. Okay. And you can come the much the way they do like the bullshit or that show where you try to like trick trick Penn and Teller. It's like come to my show, I'll show you how magic's done. But then the bit uh-huh. is that like I start to demonstrate how the trick is supposed to be done, and then something goes horribly wrong. Then it's mm. like, oh no, I caught off my arm. God damn it, blood's flowing everywhere. Oh god, it'd be like that kind of thing. Okay, oh, you're like you're like an abusive magician, a self abusive <laughs> magician. You musician, know what I mean? Magician. Where you're like. Inventing problems so you can be the hero of it. Yeah, yeah, kind yes. of. Yeah, it's, I like it's, that. It's a bit of a, cl- a clown magician, I guess, a little bit too. It's a little bit okay. Of, I okay. don't know that that's been done before. Now, I guess clowns well, kind of are magicians, right? Sort of. Yeah, in that you know they disappear and you never notice when they're gone. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I never. I hate them and I love it when they're gone. You could be a Siegfried, maybe. Ooh, ooh. Oh yeah, okay. Siegfried's a showman. Siegfried's a yeah, showman. like a showman, a danger magician. But the but the th- your your angle. Is the danger always falls upon ye? Yeah. Oh, well, I th- yeah. I think I come out. I-, I love the idea of a Siegfried. I think I still come out more like Morpheus in the Matrix, where like it doesn't have to be full leather jackets. But it's <laughs> like I'm going to show you what what the, the truth of magic. Okay, what you happens read betw- yes, between you the read code. the audience. Yeah. Oh, that kind so of. you're like a revelationist almost. Yeah, but then it's like, oh, oh God, oh God, the swords in my leg for real. Oh God, help, help. And then you're like, but it was all a lie because the whole thing is a simulation. <laughs> Cyberlusionist. The sword is actually capitalism. Think about it. That's a cool <laughs> angle, man. I like that. That's on. That's never been done. That's all, like a little bit. My, I think you brought a little bit of everything in there, Chad. Yeah, and then I get a little political. Where I'm like, this this disappearing rabbit. That's your tax benefits. I'm like, they're like, what does Dude. that mean exactly? I don't understand. <laughs> Are we paying into the rabbit? I don't understand. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You leave them with more questions than they came in with, Chad. That's important. <laughs> exactly. Paul, what about you? What would you be? Ah, I'd just be like a nice guy that tells stories and then disappears. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like you'd be like this American life with a moth like, yeah, or something? Yeah, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, I'd be like a like an Ira Glass that does like one magic trick at the end. Dude, Paul, Paul just sets up his desk in the field, explains to audience of one, and then just disappears. That's it. Here, I'm, I'm, I'm Paul Ritchie, the amazing storyteller. I'm about to tell you about a cloned cow. Would you believe that I am going to disappear? Oh, dude, you're just Jonathan Frakes. Okay. Or like, uh, believe it or not. Or uh, what's his face? Do you believe in the power of a curse? <laughs> <laughs> So you're not doing tricks. You're just presenting facts. I'm presenting to facts people. that are a little mind bending, dude. <laughs> okay. That's a good. That's a good trick, man. Sure, I like that. That's a good call for it. Um, I mean, we, obviously, we're talking. Well, about hold magic. on, hold on. Uh, I got the transition right here. Since we always, we Please. always have a good one. We nail this transition every. Ready time. for this? Are you ready for this? Yeah. Like Jonathan Frakes, I will never have a bad hair day. Oh, <laughs> dude. <laughs> There you go. We're in. We're not here to talk about Jonathan Frakes. We're here to talk about Bad Hair Day. Bad Hair uh, Day. Welcome to Goosebuds. Welcome. Uh, we are joined. Uh, uh, Dom is in the shadow dimension right now. Uh, mm-hmm. He won't be joining us. He, we were practicing our illusions. We accidentally 
banished him to the shadow dimension. We'll have to figure out a way to get him out. <laughs> the fifth dimension, as uh, yes. Mazo calls it. Yes. Uh, and we're joined instead. Uh, we've done a switch change where Dom uh, stepped into the cabinet and coming back out is the our wonderful, amazing friend, Nick Murphy. Hello, Nick. Hello, Nick. Hello. Hi. Nick, if you don't know Nick, uh, Nick is a friend. Uh, he's been a friend for a long time. He, uh, he does a show with me called Continue where we play video games. Dom was on that show at one point. He also does a show that Chad's been on a bunch that is a little bit of a, a sister podcast to this, Pretend Friends, mm-hmm. where we mm-hmm. role play. Nick, thanks for joining us. Thank you for guys for having me. I appreciate it. Now, Nick, have you read a Goosebumps book as an adult? No. I, you know what? I I was like three pages into this, and I was like, oh, yeah. I remember the I style. Remember. Like right off of like, dude, it just, it just all came in like a wave. Like, uh-huh. like I took like melatonin or something. I was uh-huh. like, oh, I feel it. I feel it. I'm back in. <laughs> That's just the boredom. <laughs> That's just the boredom, Nick. It was uh it was a trip. It was a that trip. Oxygen leaving your brain? That's reading a goosebumps book. <laughs> <laughs> I just immediately remembered all the tropes. Like uh-huh. every single one of them. Yeah. Oh, Nick, this one was a great one. It really had some the tropes were strong at the especially the chapter endings, which we'll get to in this one. Oh my god. Oh boy. Uh but also I thought this one was interesting because it was not scary in any way. There was there anything scary in oh, this book, guys? I highly disagree there, oh. Paul. Exciting. Good. We've got a first disagreement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a we have a buzz sound that just goes off every time we disagree on something. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I I actually thought this was one of the scariest goosebump Whoa! books. Oh. Because child abandonment is really scary. <laughs> Oh, there's there's a lot of that. There's this. a lot of child abandonment and the world that these kids live in. I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but this is a bloodthirsty and violent city that these children live in. Did you realize that? <laughs> yeah. This is the okay. most violent city ever taken place in Goosebumps. He like comes home and he's talking to his parents. Like I, I'm, we're like into it, I guess, already. Yeah. But like, yeah. yeah. The, 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 the line is like, quote, both of my parents hate their jobs. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Right? And then they talk about their jobs. Yeah, his mom is like, Oh my God, Michael Lamb threatened to beat up a teacher. Then he's going to beat me up? We had to call the police. And then they called his mom, and his mom threatened to beat her up. Oh my God. And you're like, okay, well, maybe there's just one violent family. And then the dad goes. Yeah, Yeah, then the dad's talking about his job as a car salesman. Go ahead, Chad. Well, yeah, I'm just reading off the quote. I pulled it up. That's a piece of cake next to my day, dad complained. Dad sells cars. Some guy came in and said he wanted to test drive the new minivan. I handed him the keys, and he took off. He never came back. He stole the car. There's just Grand Theft Auto <laughs> happening left and right in this town. It's insanity. It's insanity. Also, the kid goes, then follows up and goes, I sighed and shuffled rice into my mouth. Dinner is like this every night. I'm like, every night <laughs> every your parents night. talk about, like, physical assault? They're insane jobs. <laughs> I will say one thing for this town, though, yeah. um, in its defense. It sounds like a pretty dope town because uh-huh. you can you can get anywhere you need to in under 20 minutes. Yes. <laughs> by bike. Uh-huh. Right? On top of that, they have a magic nightclub. Mhm. Mhm. And magic on the television all the time. Yep. And a magic <laughs> store that only shells sells magical things. I'm pretty sure that this is a wizard's town 
that a wizard like oh. you know what i'm saying and like they all live there and they think they're living a normal life but the wizard is just like keeping them there for his grand experiments i'm pretty positive Ooh. there's a twilight zone episode about this town where they're trapped in the realm of a sorcerer yes this is mm -hmm. yes there's an illusionist a mind illusionist just totally running a number on all these people well you know let's let's jump back to the beginning real quick let's see we weren't too far in with the talk of the crazy town but this one opens up on our main character tim swanson i believe right yeah yeah because he's constantly trying to do, uh, he's constantly coming up with new magician names for himself as an aspiring magician. And mm -hmm. his constant one is Swanzo, named after his idol, the great Amazo. Which, like, you're going to get sued, Tim. By DC. Right? Yeah. Like, Tim's getting yeah. sued over you, that dude, name. You can't, you can't make parody songs and just be weird, Jim, you know? Right. Like, right. <laughs> can't be, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Alex oh, you mean Amazo's going to sue? I was like, oh, you mean Amazo the super android from DC Comics that flies into space? <laughs> <laughs> I just... Chad, I'm constantly amazed. I'm amazed at your <laughs> knowledge <laughs> of DC Comics. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Also, Amazo in this book would probably have an, an issue with that. It's too close. Look, like Nick said, you can't be Weird Jim or Weird Tim. As he, if right. he was a parody songwriter and he was Weird Tim, Weird Al would be like, look, I'm a nice guy, but shut it down, Tim. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think we saw at the end with Amazo. Amazo ain't having it. No, you know no, mean? no. He, just, he would not stand for that. Amazo, Amazo. Amazo would shut that ish down. Ama we, let, we'll get to Amazo because Amazo is he's a he's a firecracker. Amazo's great. He's one of my favorite Goosebumps characters. I'm so I I agree. Yeah. I agree. It was one of the better, most fleshed out characters in a Goosebumps book, dude. We'll get to the moment, but I wrote down in my note. I was like. And this was the moment that I realized that I loved Amazo. <laughs> <laughs> Amazo is amazing. So Tim, Tim Swanson, Swanzo. Uh, soon Sw to be can we just call him Swanzo? Can we just okay, respect sure, his sure. Yeah. respect his, his choice. wishes? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Please. So Swanzo's doing his his tricks. The great part is he's doing them. He sucks. Uh, <laughs> he well, actually, at first he's doing okay, but then his sister comes in who does karate and kicks yes. his ass. Uh, comes in and and throws his whole show off. She, she's both his abuser and his heckler, so his physical and mental abuser. She's also a little sister, by the way. Just to pause, this isn't like a big sister coming in, like doing karate. This is younger, tiny sister. little powerhouse. It's a little sister, sister, right? It's yeah, a, a little sister who's perfect and has like a, he keeps describing how like cute his sister is. Uh huh. Who just karate chops people, and also mentioned during their time at the table that she also karate chopped a kid during school. Right, dude. Yeah, she's a cherubic Bruce Lee coming for his ass. <laughs> like, and and Amazo is like constantly in fear of her and her powers. Like, I just picture this little like Rudy Rudy Cosby. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> like it's like a it's a blend between if we're gonna bring it into real life, it's Rudy Cosby with the spirit of Scrappy. Guys, guys, please, I had to call, I had to clarify. It's Rudy Huxtable. Sure, I'm sorry, you're right, you're sure, right. Rudy Huxtable, <laughs> Rudy Cosby. <laughs> I knew what you meant. Well, Rudy Cosby. It depends on which version of the Cosby Show you're watching. Because I think true. at one point he was just Cos. Was he really? Oh, that makes perfect sense. I totally buy that. At <laughs> one point he was like, I gotta strengthen the brand. Yeah. <laughs> so he's doing his thing. His, his lead heckler, Ginny, his sister's heckling the shit out of him. Then she chops his ass. Then yeah. she kicks him in the stomach with a karate kick to the stomach. And then all of the kids who were, their minds were blown by, Swan, by Swanzo's show, begin to cheer and chant for his blood and for more assaults to happen. They literally <laughs> are screaming. They're screaming for more assaults to happen. It's insane. They're, they're going off, dude. Yeah, they're all, and also like Ginny is smart enough to know 
uh, what all of the magic tricks work. Like, there's a point where she reaches into the middle of the show. She's like, look, and she reaches into to Swanzo's pocket, mm-hmm. and it's like all of these cards are the Ace of Clubs or whatever. Like, right. she's able she's able to see through the bullshit. Ginny's my favorite. She's lucky. She doesn't live in a town of magicians where there's like a, a magician consortium. You know, and although I'm not convinced, <laughs> I'm not convinced that uh, that there isn't one in this town. But she's lucky because they would have came for her ass because she was revealing secrets left and right, which is a big oh, no-no. Yeah, dude. They would not stand for that. No, no, no. And I, you know what? Maybe that's why she was taking karate because she knew they were coming for her. Yeah, she's the one. She's Neo <laughs> yeah. in this Matrix that's yes. going to to pull the curtain back. Yes. So he gets his ass beat uh, and everyone laughs at him and leaves. I mean, but he's like obsessed with magic. Yes. Which is admirable in a way, right? Yeah, it's good for kids to have a hobby. I, I, I don't look down on people who love magic. If you're really into magic illusions, no. that's awesome. No, no. It's very cool. I will say the only thing worse than having to witness a magic show was to read about a magic show happening. <laughs> oh my God, Nick. The ma- and the descriptions. Dude, well, we'll get there. We'll get to that. That was <laughs> Yeah, nothing says great magic as re- no visuals <laughs> and just a description of a thing that happened. You're like, yeah, I guess that probably was impressive, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, wow. That, I, I didn't know what her card was, but... I guess that was it. That had to have been it, I guess. I, I don't know. Wow, oh. fascinating. Uh, let's also talk about, uh, uh, just want to call his other friend, the other main character of this, right, is is Foz. Foz, uh-huh. man. Uh, Foz is Foz, a.k.a. Foster Martin, mm-hmm. but he doesn't look like a Foster, quote, he's a Foz. He's a Foz. Chubby <laughs> with a brown buzz cut. His shirt is always untucked. I feel like that's got to be a trope, right? It's got to be like a Goosebumps trope. Like that... The annoying little sister, right? These are oh yeah. yes, oh okay. Nick, oh yes. These are very like big as soon tropes. as that happened, I was like, I was like, I feel like those are definitely tropes. They gotta be. Here's a trope that he loves. He every time he starts a book, he tells you the kids, and there usually are like two siblings. Uh, in fact, there's never more than two siblings. It's always just two. Uh, yeah. And uh, he always gives their very detailed descriptions about their hair, their eye color, and if they're fat or skinny. That's like it's the for big... the cosplayers, so they yes. know when yeah. they want to recreate their costumes. <laughs> And nobody's going to be the Foz. I'm the Foz, okay? When we go hanging out, I'm Foz. You guys will fight over Swanzo and Ginny, all right? Oh, God. I want to be the Foz. Foz is great. He's the, he's so good. He His name does fit his description really well. I guess if he's Fozzie Bear, not like... I kept thinking the Fonz, but Foz I, is pretty good. I was thinking Fozzie Bear. As soon as I heard the Foz, I was like, this is Fozzie Bear. This is 100% <laughs> Fozzie Bear. And, it, and like the way he describes him sounds like a little... Chubby bear boy, and it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so Foz and, and Swanzo, I'm not, not going to call him by his real name, decide to visit uh, Swanzo's favorite store, which is, as Nick mentioned before, the magic shop in town. What, what's the name of the guy that owns it? McFinster? Oh, yeah. Mr. Uh, Mr. Malik? Mr. Malik. I wrote that down, and I was like, Mr. <laughs> Malik? One letter off from Mr. Magic? Like, come <gasps> on. Oh, I, I didn't, didn't even notice even, that. Oh, I didn't even get that. Ah, good job, Nick. This is why you're on yeah. the show. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> so they go to Mr. Malik. He tricks them right away with a classic. It, and the funny thing is, this is it doesn't even end up being a, an end of chapter yeah. thing. Which is what she's like. A, it's a perfect Goosebumps end of chapter where he they show up and he has a sword coming out of his gut. And he's been stabbed, and then he reveals that he, it's, you know, you walked into the magic shop, guys. What did you expect? Yeah. He goofed you. Which, I, I mean, is, the, is that a trick? Is that a trick? No, it's not a, it's a, it's <laughs> it's a, not a magic trick. It's more like a prank. It's like, a goof, yeah. So it's this guy doesn't sure. have a, a prank. Yeah, he doesn't have a magic shop. He's a prank shop. He's a prank shop. 
Okay. But I, I like him though. He seems he seems like a cool dude who's trying to look out for this guy. He's like, yeah, it'd be cool if you like actually bought something for once, you cheapskate kid. Right. He's like he's still entertaining him. He's encouraging of his hobby for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Well, I mean, because his hobby keeps him in business. Yes. You know, he's hoping he's hoping to turn him from a minnow into a whale at some point, right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Mr. Malik really has a good business sense. I mean, probably he I mean he saw the magic castle, the midnight castle, mm-hmm. the midnight mm-hmm. mansion, whatever it's called. Midnight mansion, yeah. Yeah, the midnight mansion opened up and was like, Well, look, there's obviously a market for it. I need to capitalize on it. But then he kicks Foz and Amazo out, or a Swanzo out at five o'clock? Right. <laughs> like, Mr. Malik, Mr. Malik, you're gonna run the only magic shop in town and you're gonna close the doors at five o'clock every day? What happens to the business tycoon who is also like amateur magic person? Like, yeah, people after hours of work, they got to come by. Yeah. Yes, nine to yeah. five magicers. You know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta know your audience, dude. And you can't the the hard worker, hard working magic enthusiast. They're working hard nine to five. I bet Mr. Malik's one of those jerks that like closes the store on Sundays. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. He needs to learn how to convert. He needs he needs an SEO specialist in his shop this minute. <laughs> Get those leads down the funnel, the sales funnel, Malik, okay? Yeah, man. There's some good pranks. There's another prank that happens. They they find a guillotine. They somehow prank the owner of the shop who set up the fake guillotine. Right, and- right like <laughs> he bought it. Right? He bought it. Like, <laughs> he built it. He, he had to build it. He bought it and then bought it. <laughs> like- I'm pretty sure the guillotine doesn't have a real blade in it, right? There's no way there's a real functioning guillotine in that store. There can't be. But regardless, he's fooled by it. But then he decides to give the kids two tickets to paradise. The Midnight Mansion. <laughs> he gets he gives them two tickets to the Amazo show that's happening tomorrow night. But Foz can't go. It's his mom's birthday. And Swanzo, Swanzo does have a great rebuttal. Your mom's birthday happens every year. Amazo only happens once. Damn. That was a good point. But Foz, but Foz said my mom won't see it that way and says he can't go. But... Swanzo's gonna go. He goes home. That's when we had the dinner where we hear about the wonderful lives of uh, Swanzo's parents. Yeah. Uh, and At this point, I'm just picturing like riots in the street all the time as they bike home. There's just like cars being <laughs> overflipped. Yes. And, like, it was. Yes. It's like uh, streets of rage city. That's what is. That's where they live. Sure. So they they have their sad dinner, and then the next day, I think they're. Uh, I think they're having another little. Uh, He's like having an outdoor magic show, I guess. Yeah, and also his parents, by the way, it's important to say his parents have been like, absolutely not, which I think is valid to not let a 12-year-old go to a nightclub called the Midnight Mansion (laughs) by themselves. On on a school night. On a school night. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, his parents are not that good. Like, like, he describes his mother as saying him, my mom says that I'm, quote, not at a cute age. Yeah, oh, like, you're right. They are really, they're dunking on his ass. They're aren't not they? good parents, I don't think. They're toughing him up for the fights outside. They know he needs to have a, a, a steel heart to survive. That, I think you're town. right. I think you're right because they love Ginny, who's a fighter. You're right. They love Ginny. <laughs> and they, they know she's on the right path and they know they have to strengthen her up. So, you know, like, Nick, I'm with you. It's not very good parenting, but maybe in this hard knock world and city that they live in, maybe it's what's needed. Maybe I've never had to parent in a battle world. In a battle world, so maybe. <laughs> on a battle planet. <laughs> They're like barbarian families. It's like, couldn't you just be a fighter like your sister? You want to be a spellcaster? Uh-huh. God damn it. We don't have time for that. We can't protect you. This isn't a fully rounded D&D party. We're all fighters here. I won't have a goddamn glass cannon in my family. <laughs> 
Yeah, and he also isn't very good at the magic too. So I mean, there's not a lot no, of promise. But oh, yeah, so, I, I, oh, sorry, but I want to cut you off. I just want to talk about this part. Uh, so the, this idea that he's so indebted to magic that he's been building his own rabbit table, right? Yes, you probably just yes. yeah. to this. And it's it, he should be an engineer. He's obviously an engineer, right? <laughs> yeah, he's he's specking for the wrong class, probably. Yes. But though though I I kept imagining in my head what I used to do for like basic woodworking when I was when I was a kid. Okay, and he so he's like I built this table where uh, when I push a button a secret compartment would rise to the top. And then where the hat was, now there's a rabbit. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't believe for a second that a 12 year old kid built a convincing rabbit table. It's insane. I, I, I think it's like plywood and nails and glue just like stuck together and a it, very, like maybe a tablecloth tossed over it. I was expecting, and we do see what eventually happens to this rabbit. I was fully expecting that rabbit to be smashed in the gears of the terrible machinery that he made. Oh, in no, like the oh. prestige. Yes, prestige. That, that yes. Exactly like the prestige. I was 100% expecting that. So yeah, yeah. we see him build it. He comes home. He checks out his table. He ha- they have the dinner. Uh, and he's the next day, he's going to have a magic, an impromptu backyard wrestling magic show <laughs> where where all the school is invited. He, but he, he tells Foz, Foz, you're going to take your sister's rabbit. You need to bring it here tomorrow. I need it for the show. I need it for the show. Foz says, I'll try. My sister loves this rabbit, though. I can't. If you lose this rabbit, I'm going to be mad at you. And and Swanzo promises that it won't happen. So uh, he's having his his backyard magic show, and Foz has not shown up. He's trying to buy time, and again the kids are screaming for him to get his ass kicked. They're saying karate match, (laughs) karate match, fight to the death, dude. The kids are angry in this town. I think it's a battle town. I think it is like a legit battle town. It is. Everyone is bloodthirsty, and Jenny's getting ginned up she's getting oh, yeah, angry Jenny's just doing air kicking in the side like in the background i think just like yeah warming up. she's yeah. doing like kickboxer like kick kicks in the background she's like kicking a, like a, a cement pillar and like <laughs> dust is there's is, a there's like there's a street fighter mini level where she's just like beating up a car yeah she's destroying like the like play school like plastic car in the back she's kicking the shit out of it and like he's trying to do tricks and eventually Foz does show up and he puts the rabbit into the table that he's got but uh Ding dong, Swanzo forgot to put one last panel onto the bottom of his little thing, and the and the rabbit escapes. And then we have the great chase sequence of the book, where mm-hmm. all of the kids in the party, uh, I think they actually said, whooping like crazy. Ginny led the kids after the rabbit, which is like in my mind was like a Mad Max style like war party chasing. Yeah, after the this. war boys are out yes. chasing after the <laughs> yes. fresh kill. Like they're all whooping and going insane, and they're chasing after this stuff, and like. They catch the rabbit, and and Ginny catches it with her karate skills. Yeah, she mm-hmm. she. I, I think this description was really important because at this point, Ginny is magic herself. Yes, where like they're all chasing, they're worried about this river that's foreshadowing for later, I guess. Uh huh. Like and and they're like, oh, stop, stop yelling at him! You're gonna scare away the rabbit. And I don't know why they'd be doing it, not you, uh, Swanzo. But like Ginny's somehow able to Naruto run faster than them all and she karate <laughs> leaps in front of the rabbit and swoops it up like i am genuinely impressed by she does what we did in our spooky squad episode that we made for uh for our youtube short film where mm-hmm. uh she karate kicked magics herself over to it yeah totally <laughs> and teleports she, herself yeah she mortal Kombat. when you know in mortal Kombat, yes. when they do that like the johnny cage yes. kick where it's like after images she does uh-huh. that over to the rabbit she shadow kicks her way over there <laughs> and and rescues it and then they spend like the rest of the chapter fucking dunking on 
t- on Swanzo. They are they everybody's ripping on him. They give him like five new nicknames, dude. Yeah, right. They give him like all these <laughs> these failure these failure laden nicknames. They are ripping on this guy. It is a brutal town to live in. It truly. Yeah, it's is. like the great goofballio. Yeah, piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> flunky donkey. You know, like all kinds of stuff. Oh my god. They're they're going hard on him. Uh, I also made a note, uh, and th- it happens again in a chapter after this. Uh, they continually on in this section of the book end where he's asking himself a dumb question that they instantly oh answer God. at the beginning Dude. of the next chapter. Yeah, this one was like, "Am I really going through with this?" Turn the page. Yes, yes I'm going through <laughs> <Yeah>. with it. <laughs> Did I imagine a cliffhanger early on in the book that was like foreshadowing to a point of nonsense of? I sometimes wish I could turn my sister into a rabbit. Oh, I yes. never yeah. knew that I would not want that to happen later. Like, <laughs> that kind of thing. I'm like, okay, I guess you could turn into a rabbit. Yeah. Dude, he says it twice, and I was like, okay, I think I know where this is going. Chekhov's magic trick right there. <laughs> Chek- Chekhov's white rabbit. Yeah, it, it's it, 100%. There's some really good setups early on, and then there's just questions to himself constantly. But so the 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 kids are beating the shit out of him mentally and physically, <laughs> uh, and and then you know we end on all these dumb questions, and then so like the, he goes to sleep uh, that night or after dinner, you know another sad dinner with his family uh, where his yeah. parents talk about dad's their like sad my life. boss beat me up today, yeah. and he just like kicked yeah. me into the dirt. Yeah, someone set a car on fire today <laughs> and then stole it, <laughs> and then. St- <laughs> And then they and and he goes to sleep and he's sad. He's thinking about his sad life and he realizes I don't have to stay inside. I can sneak out and go see Amazo. And of course he questions himself, am I really going to sneak out? Yes, I am <laughs> yes. going to sneak out. There it is. And he yes. sneaks out of the house and uh and 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 Ginny catches him. Makes as mu- he tries to be quiet. He does a really yeah. good job of being quiet. She, well, she Ermac teleports over to him and just kind of like, "Hey, I'm coming with you." And she's she forces her way into it, and he realizes he can blackmail her. So he he goes along with it, and they get on their bikes and they ride through town. They have a great moment where a cop almost catches them. Um, yeah, that was good suspense actually. It like, was actually hiding out for the cops and like, wait, oh no, it's not looking for us. They just stopped at the red light. They're cops that respect the law. And Ginny almost freaks out, and and our main character Swanzo, of course, he keeps his cool, which you know is a little bit of an admirable trait in his on in his defense. Mm-hmm. So they get to the, ma- the 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 manic mansion, the mysterious mansion. <laughs> Whatever, whatever the it midnight is. Midnight Mansion. The, midnight the, mansion. the show starts at ten. Yes. Which I was very annoyed by. Not it starting at midnight. Here's what I'm gonna say. I think this is what happened here. I think that Mr. Malik gave Tim. A, I mean Swanzo. He gave him the shitty tickets. The ten showing. There was an eight o'clock showing as well. Oh, okay. He gave him the late show because he was like, I'm not staying up that late to go to this magic show. I'm an old man that owns a magic <laughs> shop. I gotta open this thing up at seven a.m. so that I can get the early morning risers because I close at five. Well, yeah, then there's the third midnight show where things get real weird. That's a real <laughs> adult show. So they, they get to the midnight mansion, and, and it's a it's an affair. It sounds like, I've never been there. Chad, I don't know if you've been. It sounds like that magical mansion in L.A. Oh, the, uh, the, mag- the Magic Castle, which is, uh, yeah, it is probably closed during all of this. I hadn't thought about probably. that. Uh, probably. Probably. Ma- by the way, Ma- quick, if you guys haven't heard about the Magic Castle, it's very, it's like one of the coolest things in Hollywood, as cool as magic can be. Yeah, uh, I think it's cool. A giant, giant mansion that is like you. Everyone who's a magician, kind of in the industry, like 
it has a membership and you get to come mm-hmm. in for free and you can only go if you like are invited by a magician and mm-hmm. there's a piano that plays any song you request and that's, uh, that's uh, there's like seven different fo- like floors and rooms where magic's just happening so you can kind of like get a drink and just wander into like over here is a close-up magic show. This guy's mm-hmm. doing card stuff. Like, just sit down if you want. If not, just hang back and like. It's a very cool venue if you can get into it. I think uh, Job got kicked out of it. right? Yes, Job Isn't got that? banished. <laughs> yeah, from yeah, it. yeah, the Alliance <laughs> yeah. for Magicians definitely all are members of of uh, Magic Castle. And Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 cool, and I that's the vibe I was definitely. And I have a feeling this was was based off of that. That's the vibe I was getting. But it's like that. There's people showing up in their best. There's like vampires. Like There are straight up vampires. You know vampires <laughs> from another Goosebumps book showed up to this without a doubt. There's like, there's like a Sven Gulli just walking in. <laughs> just <pretty> crazy. <laughs> we are on Battle Planet, so I think Mo- uh, Morbius shows up. I think Morbius was there. Dude, I believe it. <laughs> so yeah, they, this- they show up and... Oh, God. Go ahead, Chad. I was going to say, at this point of the story, I'm not remembering where this book went at all. I was like, maybe this is actually like Monster House. You know what I mean? Like maybe this is all all creatures and ghouls. That like, would have been, it, dude. It should have been like the all star cast of Goosebumps books showed up to this monster mansion. I, right? I, well, after some hints of some some ventriloquists, I was like, I write. Oh, oh right. who's showing up here? And especially because this book is, yeah, you know, I'm not even going to get into it. <laughs> sure, it you're, you're right. It should have had Slappy in it. Slappy's ass should have been in a seat at that show. Maybe he was. You know <laughs> yeah, what? That's what I was wondering. Was like some of these things that they allude to, are they from like other books or anything? Nah. That would have been like a prime prime spot to do that. I know. It's unclear, Nick, as someone who's now had to read, you know, X amount of, uh, untold amount of these books. It's never clear if there's intentional Easter eggs or just RL slash the author forgot about a thing in a previous book. Right. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. There's some weird diatribes, though. Like, they, like what like, part? They describe the woman who used to own the mansion. That was an interesting oh. bit. Well, I thought that was also just it was kind of adding to the mystique of Battletown because she threw, <laughs> she threw rocks at people, apparently. Wait, what? I completely skipped all this. She was rich and stingy, and she wore ragged old clothes and ate nothing but peanut butter. P.S. Sounds like a dream, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> when people tried to visit her, she screamed, go away, and threw rocks at him. Then she died and sold it to a businessman, and he turned it into a nightclub. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, what's the point? Why did the kid need to know that backstory? <laughs> yeah, by the way, what about the detail, just particularly the detail, because I just now remembered this. I looked it back up. The phrase, she was rich, but so stingy, she wore ragged old clothes and ate nothing but peanut butter right out of the jar. That's like... A typical Tuesday for me. I don't get why yeah, that's such yeah, a big dude. deal. Oh, man, I'll, dude, I like peanut butter all the time. I got nice clothes too. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> you saved it. You saved <laughs> enough money to buy those clothes by yeah. eating all that peanut butter. You deserve right? them. But yeah, she means nothing for this story. She is not foreshadowing. She is just a a fun, uh, fun little side tale. Fun little detail. Just a word count filler. Oh, basically. We're, that, well, we're about to get to more of that, Nick, because that <laughs> before, is definitely we... happening. So they show up and. Uh, they present their tickets. Ginny and Swanzo present their tickets to the creepy bone man that ru- that runs the door, and uh, he basically says, "Oh, you kids are coming in here alone without parents. I don't like it, but go ahead." Yeah, my first <laughs> "I don't like it" is I. <laughs> it's like he's been coerced into yeah. having to let it happen. Yeah, he just he's. I, maybe someone was, you know, maybe he's got orders not to deny anyone at the door. Who knows? It's probably not the shadiest thing that this guy has had to deal with. In front of the Midnight Mansion. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's more like, please just like don't bring cocaine into the club, please. And he's like, and then they're like, well, I'm going to do it. And he's like, well, this is Battletown. I don't like it, 
but go I ahead. Like <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it, but feelings have no place in Battleton. <laughs> but Battleton, what Battleton says goes. <laughs> <laughs> so they go in to the Battleton uh, Midnight Mansion show of Amazo, <laughs> and he puts on a page filler chapter or two of magic. <laughs> oh my God. This is just what, like, describe uh, what RL or the author thought was an amazing show. Yeah. And you know what? It sounds like it was gonna. It was amazing, but I can't say it was. I don't know if it was as impressive as... Look, Swanzo seems like a nice kid. Probably easily impressed, though. It's all I got to say. So I'm not going to go off of his word that this was the greatest magic show of all time. I, my, my problem with it was that I feel like the same way that we early in this episode talked about what magicians we would be. Yeah. I feel like Amazo is all over the place. He's oh, doing... Yeah. Prestidigitation yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a really impressive trick where he like summons an alarm clock and then it floats to him across the room. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. But then his next trick is I'm gonna eat a bunch of needles. So like, uh-huh. what are you, Amazo? <laughs> and he's doing yeah. Penn and Teller jokes up there. He's talking about his clock being a little fast, and it does oh, when yeah. it when it floats away when it floats to him. It, he's doing all kinds of stuff. But you know what? Sounds like he killed it. Sounds like he hit all of them. Oh, and importantly, he does a his own version of the rabbit hat trick, right? He yes. or not? His own, yeah, it's, it's doves instead. But there right. is a right. important rabbit clocked on stage as if they're watching the act. Right, right, exactly. And he he does the the old uh, the old t- uh, tablecloth trick with the rabbit. He does that at mm-hmm. one point, and then he at, at the beginning of the show he whispers to our main character Swanzo, "Disappear!" in a creepy. <laughs> In a creepy uh, uh, chapter ender, and then and then of course it says, "No, he's telling you to disappear. He's going. No, I'm going to tell you to disappear. You're going to be my thing." In like the most obvious faint to the audience of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like imagine the three of us like in the audience, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. And yeah. You see Amazo come out, and he just like he does his little intro, and then he just takes like this weird aside with like a little boy. Uh huh. And it's just like disappear. He thinners this little kid for a little Dude. bit, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> I, I, is Nick, this part of the show? Yeah. Is that boy like his stepson or something? Yeah. Does he not like him? I don't understand. Also, let's just let's just call this out. It's weird to have planned magic tricks like that, traditional not real magic tricks, uh-huh. when the dude is for real magic. Right. Also, yeah, I would also have like issues because so the show's over at this point, right? And the three of us are walking out of yeah. Midnight Mansion, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, in our in our version, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would I would turn to you guys and I'd be like, "Did you guys think it was weird that he started the show and then had this like weird aside with this little boy and then called the little boy on stage? Uh-huh. Like, do you think he planned to make that kid disappear? Yeah, like, right. That kid was in on it, right? Right, right. Like, he really telegraphed <laughs> that that kid was in on it, right? Like, that right. was the least sleight of hand thing of all time. Like, he just told the kid, like, hey, I'm going to spin this thing around. You're going to fall down a tube and just, like, hang out there. Yeah. And I'll pretend <laughs> yeah. you disappeared, yeah. right? Yeah. I think I also would have been to you after the show, been like, hey, it's weird that they allowed kids in this nightclub. Like, I think I would also <laughs> yeah. <been> called- <laughs> Like, I heard that kid on the way in say that his parents were coming, but they never came. Like, they never showed up. And then he talked about them in the middle of the show about how they had an emergency and they didn't take their kids with them to the emergency. They just, like, left them. <laughs> Those poor kids. <laughs> hey, you know what, though? This is Battletown. <laughs> Those kids are on their own. You're right. This is Battleton. This is Battleton. They got to learn to stick up for themselves. And then we fist fought people all the way home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
did our home ways punching. So we we uh, we were just described everything that happens during the show. Uh, he does get called up. Swanzo gets called up and then gets put into the disappearo box and slides down a slide into a creepy basement where he is locked inside of it. And uh, yeah, he's just locked inside of the basement. This is where I genuinely thought this was one of the scariest parts of any of the Goosebump books. Yes. Is actually being trapped. He describes like the, the part of the detail that really got me was he's waiting down there and he's really naively like, oh, well, I bet Amazo's got to wrap up the show and then he'll come down. And then Amazo even disappears yep. uh, upstairs and like he doesn't come down. So he's like, well, he's just waiting a second. But the part where uh, he describes you can hear the crowd leaving and like uh-huh. tables being put up and stuff that genuinely would have freaked me out. Like, oh, God. That was scary. And then where he talks about water torture, because there's Dude. a dripping water faucet in there. And I was like, <laughs> why does this kid know what water torture is? But then again, Battleton. Yeah. It's just part of the part of the day. Part of yeah. it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday just, and Battleton. Yes, this is just Tuesday and Battleton. Well, in in a non-Battleton lens, this was where my red flags were starting to go off. The wee-woos were going off. Because mm-hmm. this is this is the stuff that's happened so far. A Guy who runs a magic shop, a.k.a. already a shifty character, uh-huh. uh, knowingly gives tickets to children to go to a nighttime show. A bone man allows these kids in, even though they're clearly probably lying. And then now a third adult has trapped the child who no one knows is there. Right. In a cellar, seemingly done. I'm like, oh, this is some goddamn cannibals who are going to eat a kid or something. Like, I I was, like, genuinely worried for, for Swanzo either, at this either point. Either cannibals or, or like, a Saw-type situation. Yes. Yeah. Here. Yes, very much so. I was getting heavy but, Saw. But, like, where man. was Mr. Malik? Like, wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't he be there? Like, yeah. did he just have two extra tickets and couldn't make it? Because uh, it was he, his mom's birthday, too, maybe? Or maybe, like... maybe it was a big birthday day. You're right. <laughs> yeah, like, why give these two kids? I mean, how much how much do you think those tickets were? 25 bucks, uh, they said, at the beginning of the and book. I, and that's in the 90s. That's like a lot of money, uh, even more, right? Oh, that's yeah. Like oh, yeah. $75 now? I don't know. Yeah, dude. Mr. Malik's just like not showing up or just giving these two kids 50 bucks. There's like, no way on, he man. can show up. This is a room full of, of marks for his store, man. He's got to get out there and shake hands. Dude. You know? Right, dude. He's yeah. got to get out there. Yes. Maybe that's why he closed at five. Yeah, he closed at five and didn't go to the show because he was putting flyers on everyone's car while they yes. were in the show. Yes, yeah, that. <laughs> oh, he was calling. He was a call, he was calling outside. There we yeah. go. Yeah, he or was a yeller, he, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, barking. He was barking, barking at them to get in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Swanzo escapes the basement though, and in he has like this like Stockholm syndrome moment where like he's just been locked in a basement and abandoned by by Amazo, but he's like, oh, I can go meet Amazo now. <laughs> and he gets really excited. <laughs> and he goes to Amazo's uh, room. He finds the name on the door, which for some reason, Amazo has a door with his name on it in this random place that he's coming on tour as if he isn't here every single fucking night. Yeah, it should be a piece uh, of white paper <laughs> with a Sharpie written Amazo question mark yeah. on the board. Yes, I hope it was that. And he knocks on the door. No, no answer. He peeks in and he sees Amazo staring at the wall and he tries to go in and talk to him and it says, get out of here, punk. And tell and and he gets freaked out and he's like, "What a dickhead!" And he decides to leave. But on the way out, he sees Amazo's briefcase of magic tricks sitting there, the property of, of Amazo. And he goes, "You know that guy's a piece of shit. I'm gonna take his trick thing and take it home now." <laughs> and he steals the trick thing and he runs out of the of the mansion. 
with the trick thing, and he and he's being chased by two guards. He sees Ginny. Ginny says, "I don't know where my bike is." Cliffhanger. Oh, my bike's over there. <laughs> <laughs> and they come back and they find the bikes and they hop on the bikes. And I don't know if you know this, guys, but we were reading uh, we're reading this book in in 2020. But back in the 90s when this came out, the guards in Chapter 14 actually had guns and not flashlights. <laughs> <in their hands. laughs> that is a very good joke, Paul. Thank you. <laughs> also, like. What was Ginny doing? <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Was- well, yeah. Like, how long do you think he was gone? How long was he gone? Like, enough time for... I, well, no, she seemed like she was looking for him. I, I totally felt for Ginny, where she's, like, wandering around upstairs going, like, hey, hello, where's my where's my brother? Help, help. Yeah, you're and right. Then, you're right. And then, like, what, a- the servers are just like, not my problem, kid. Yeah, It's murder town. It's Battleton, kid. Forget it, kid. It's Battleton. Battleton. <laughs> Forget it, kid. It's Battleton. <laughs> So they they flee quick. Get on your bike. Let's ride. And they ride off, and they and they leave the guards behind. Uh, and the guards in again in the original book fired bullets at them, but they had to cut that for modern reasons. Yeah, all the bullets were CG uh, replaced mm, by just like mm-hmm. butterflies. CG CG flashlights and butterflies were replacing all that stuff. Uh, and then uh, or they were rocks. No, they CG rocks. <laughs> they over were the rocks. It's much better. <laughs> there we go. And uh, they get back to the house, and they both they both come to agreement. We're gonna look at this this bag of tricks together on saturday when our parents go out we'll do it we'll do it together so we won't we both won't tell on each other and we'll both look at this thing together uh so Ginny makes uh, uh, swanzo swear that he's going to take it up to the attic and hide it and they, he will not open it without her of course he goes up to the attic and he opens it instantly discovers all kinds of magical things including a jacket full of snakes which is a hilarious magic trick that i don't think exists at all yeah <laughs> No magic snake jacket. <laughs> magic snake. Well, also he goes at first. He's like, "There's snakes everywhere. They're spilling out." Then he realized they are mechanized snakes with like a wind up thing. At Tiny the- little automaton snakes come pouring out of this, <laughs> out of this jacket. <laughs> like, wouldn't like Amazo would have? Wouldn't he right? have, like led with, with that snake with that gag with that trick? <laughs> right. He's like, ah, it's too good. I can't. I can't show Battleton. They deal with. They deal with snakes all the time. <laughs> they need something juicier than just the mechanic snakes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, I know. An alarm clock. I'll float that <laughs> across the thing. They'll. They'll get a kick out of that. What are they really scared of? Time. <laughs> <laughs> so they. He has all these snakes come out. Uh, dumps everything back into the into the bag before he can get in any more trouble and goes to sleep. Uh, and it, what did we jump ahead at that point? No, we wait, we jump to the morning where I think his parents are going out, right? And yeah, no, I can, can I just can I just mention the phrase from the dad? Uh, yes, please. <laughs> just these parents who are so, like the parents usually are kind of like the worst, but these two hate their job so much. Yeah, usually the parents are like like blissfully unaware and kind of happy, right? Yeah, yeah. These two, this paragraph I think is great. Another day of work, mom sighed at the breakfast table the next morning. I'm absolutely dreading it. Those students just drive me crazy. Dad grabbed a donut and gazed out the window. It's raining, he said unhappily. I probably won't sell a single car today. Like, it's just, they're just so beamed down by Battleton. Like, they're giving up. Dude. <laughs> and then, dude, uh, another sad thing, like, this dad just has, like, donuts, right? Like... They just bought like a like a dozen donuts and they're just sitting in the house and he just cracks one on his way <laughs> yeah, out. They're like, grief donuts. They're it's raining. 
That's uh, the only joy he has is his box of donuts that he slowly <laughs> eats throughout the He doesn't the week. even say goodbye to his kids. He just walks into the rain and leaves like, <laughs> yeah. with his wet donut. Doesn't grab an umbrella and just walks out and just <laughs> eats his wet donut. Maybe the waters will put out all the fires today. That'll help. <laughs> Maybe I'll drown on the way to work today. <laughs> Dude. Oh, my God. At least you kids will get the payout. <laughs> I thought it was Saturday. So it's not Saturday because his mom's yeah, going to work. Yeah, hold on. So like, I forget why there's another day, but I could have sworn they just went upstairs and opened the thing. But there isn't. I remember there is another work day. Maybe because and the sister tries to tell on them that day, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ginny has decided because he reveals that Ginny went upstairs and saw part of like the jacket sticking out. Clearly, the that. Swanzo broke his promise. Yes. And so Ginny's her promise too, but Yeah, well, I think Ginny's retaliating. She's about to like bring them yes. both down and tattle on him, full on saying everything that happens. But the mom is so depressed, she doesn't really process it. And she's, instead cuz we catch her in in a moment where where when Ginny is trying to talk to her, the mom has turned the water faucet on and and he doesn't say this, but I think I read between the lines. She was simply staring at it and just like thinking about the depression of her life as the water like <laughs> <laughs> she's staring down the drain, hearing the draining uh-huh. sound coming back at her. <laughs> she's, Dude, the sadness of her life is just running down that drain in front of her. She's like, my life is the drain, a never ending black <laughs> hole. <laughs> That things pour into and nothing comes out of. <laughs> oh, what's that? What'd you say? Uh, the, you guys had a secret or something? It, oh, uh. hold on. I gotta say, I gotta talk about Swanzo's lie because she talks about she, they have yeah. we have a secret, and he says, "Oh no," she said, "We need a wee pet," which I think is one of the worst <laughs> lies I've ever heard. I liked it a lot. It was really, it was, it was a uh, an interesting move. The, I guess. the mom's reaction was perfect. She was like. What the hell are you talking about? What is even going on? <laughs> and then she's just back to her. <laughs> own she's head. back to her depression. Uh, yeah. So Ginny tries to turn him in, but they don't. And I think the, I think at this point the kids just talk amongst themselves. Look, we're going to open the thing up tomorrow. It's the next day. The parents are going out. They left him a sad can of tuna in the fridge to eat for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the parents are going to go antiquing, as they call it, which we know what that really means. What does it really mean, guys? Uh, orgy? Orgy's my guess. <laughs> it's the only bright spot in their week, the orgy that they get to the go orgy. to. The Battleton Blood Orgy that they go to. <laughs> the Battleton Blood Orgy. Where they fight and fuck for an entire afternoon and leave their and all of them leave their kids at home to eat sad cans of tuna while they get out all their anger and aggression out. <laughs> so they leave them and Foz is over uh, because his parents are also at the Blood, oh, blood Orgy. And uh, yeah. they they open up the bag of tricks, and I'll let you guys describe the bag of tricks moment. It's great. They pull out they pull out real magic. Yes. that's the part that I am. This is where it gets kind of blown away. It gets by. insane right here. Yeah, well, they bring Foz over, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fo- mm-hmm. Foz is always there. He's ready to go, uh, and it's like let's explore this stolen trunk. And I don't know if at this point or later. I thought it was interesting that the boy had already decided it was pretty crazy for me to steal that trunk. I'm going to take it back on Monday. Right. But first, I'm going to learn some magic. I'm like, okay, so he's not the worst kid, right. uh, but s- still, messing with something you shouldn't have yeah. done. Uh, and he pulls out, I-, I guess it's a magic trick, not necessarily. He pulls up the three shells and red ball trick mm-hmm. out of a black sack, mm-hmm. uh, w- which I think is more of a con artist trick right. than a yeah. magician right. trick. Right. Uh, but he's like, watch closely, and he starts doing the trick where you put a red ball under it and you shuffle around. But every time he lifts it, 
even though he's palming the red ball on his sleeve, a ball comes out of the shell. Mm-hmm. And quickly, more and more balls start spilling out. Yep. I was waiting for it to turn into like a, a, the Bellatrix Lestrange vault, where everything yes. is just yes. multiplying yes. and uh-huh. they're like... They're being <laughs> suffocated by these red by balls. hot molten metal. Or yeah. like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when they drank when they drink the fizzy lifting drink. Like you're yes. you're waiting for that moment of they're like, no, we flew too close to the sun. <laughs> but they yeah, never. Boz actually cries is we're going to be up to our necks in red yes, balls. Yes, yes, they're gonna get Beatrixed. And Swanzo, like he he, they, you know, he, he made a deal with Ginny where they're like. We're going to go through this together. But he's like, nah, you two sit down. I'm going to do magic for you real quick. Like, he was right. like putting on a show for them. Yeah, his hubris was definitely rewarded with punishment. Yes. So he does that. He does the ball trick. And then they open up the next thing. He's like, oh, let me get out the hat. The hat's fun. And he pulls out the hat, which uh, we learned, uh, we saw Amazo use during his, his performance, where uh, a dove's erupted from the hat. And, of course, in just like the red ball in Beatrix fashion, uh, tons of doves begin to erupt from the hat and the room is quickly <laughs> filled with doves going Dude. fucking nuts everywhere. There's going to be so much bird shit there, in there, that house. There's, there will be, <laughs> they will be revealed to have done this by, to their parents by all of the bird shit. That is what is going to do them in. Also, let's bring up the ethical implications of a pigeon dimension or whatever that it's, it's accessing. <laughs> yes, that only yes. magicians can access. Also could solve world hunger, right? That's like, true. That's think true. About it. We can yeah, all eat right? greasy dove meat for free. <laughs> uh, I just want to call it the part. I had anxiety during the rest of this book because the detail of how he cleared up the red balls is oh, yeah. they quickly tried to, to pick them all up. And scoop them into the black sack, and you could hear like bubbling of more balls uh-huh. being produced <laughs> yeah. inside. And he slammed the, the lid shut on, like, no, oh, that is God. a problem you have not fixed. That is going to be really bad. You, yeah, you literally swept it under the rug. Under the rug. That is a climate change problem that is going to erupt in fifty years from now, <laughs> without a doubt. There's going to be a trash island in the ocean. Yes, that's just all yes. of the red balls that it, this trick made. So they they go, they take everything outside. They got they're like we're returning this thing. It's dangerous. It's too dangerous because I think the snakes also escape and start doing stuff. Yeah, the snakes come out. Yeah, yeah it, it starts getting crazy. Which I guess you know. You know, we could have had the bird. The doves could have killed all the snakes and eaten the snakes, and that would have you know been a little bit of a solution to the problem. But <laughs> whatever. Uh, they take it outside, and they're starving. Foz this entire time has been talking about how he's starving. <laughs> they're setting that up. They set up that up. They set up that that justification real good. Yes, yes, they do. And uh, they pull out the a carrot out of the box because he's looking for I think instructions on how to use the things. Uh, or no, no, sorry, that happens next. Find a carrot. Uh, Ginny's like I'm so hungry and she takes a bite of the carrot turns her into a rabbit we, we, it finally <laughs> happened right it finally happened <laughs> it paid off there was a lot of a lot of a establishment lot of build up. and a lot of a lot of build up to it and they definitely made it pay off they made it work and she gets turned into the rabbit she still has her kicking uh, prowess uh, she keeps kicking them as a rabbit, which strong legs, so that makes sense. Yeah, she's even more deadly. Of yes, anything, exactly. Probably. Yeah, probably, <laughs> it's it's, wor- it's a worse situation for for Swanzo. Uh, so he's like, I got to figure this out. So he looks for uh, a a clue on how to stop this with maybe an instruction manual. Finds it, it blows away, and then we have like a uh, what is it? I guess kind of like a Pixar esque short film moment where they're chasing this piece of paper throughout town. 
trying to capture it. Well, it's right? it's a recreation. The wind in Battleton is insane. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They mentioned that other tricks, like he pulls out some uh, scarves and those also get blown into the wind. So it felt like they were doing a repeat of the chasing of the rabbit earlier, but yes. now it was just a paper of instructions. Yeah. There is some nice poetry in this one, right? It does. It does rhyme a bit. It rhymes. It rhymes, George Lucas. It rhymes. It rhymes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it goes into the river. Even though he said that the instructions were for the hat, like, oh, these are worth. It's like, I don't know. Seems like it might be good to have since you know, magic, magic hat. But yeah. uh, they go into the river, swept away, never to be seen again. So that didn't really do much. Nope. So they decide that they got to return this thing as they were going to do to Amazo. Ask, and he he decides. Swanzo decides to hold the briefcase ransom until he turns his sister back into a human. And so they return to the, the to the midnight mansion, but it's closed, guys. Which I'm fine with. I also was like, that's not even a big surprise. It is a nightclub, and this is yeah. Saturday at like two in the afternoon at best. I am not surprised that no one is there. Yes, yes, they got to clean the place, guys. Get you know, learn learn a thing or two about adult life, kids. So they find a back door and they sneak in. They deal. They do a light B and E and they break into the place. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they they go down to the basement where uh, Amazo's room is again. I guess he has a residency here this week. I don't know. Uh, you know what? To be fair, I guess I wouldn't be surprised. Oh my god! I have so many questions about <laughs> the on. logistics of Mister 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 Amazo. Mister Amazo's business and the business practices. We can get to them when when the big reveal happens. But I have so many questions okay. about the logistics of it. Okay. Are there if there are any magicians who listen to this show? We would love to talk to you about like what is industry standard, including are you expected to sleep on the couch of the magician right, right. theater that you are you are performing at that week? Yeah, it's like being in a band. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Oh my god! So they go down, they find him, uh, and they go back to the the same setup. He opens the door and he sees Amazo sitting there on the same in the same place in the same position that he found it when he left him the other night when he got called a punk, uh, and he walks in. And he talks to uh, Amazo for an entire chapter, only to reveal that it was a dummy the entire time that he was talking. <laughs> a wooden dummy. He's a dummy. He's a dummy. He talks to a dummy for a whole ass chapter. He <laughs> can't figure it out. Uh, and then, then Amazo, the true Amazo, shows up. And I'll let you guys seem to really like Amazo, so I'll let you explain this reveal. They're trying to figure it out. They're like, it doesn't make any sense. He's a puppet. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. And then they hear... Hey, punk, I told you to beat it. That's what I picture. <laughs> I picture Danny voice. DeVito. Right. Yeah. Danny DeVito is, is Amazo. Uh-huh. And so it turns out it's not... Amazo is the rabbit mm-hmm. the entire time. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he uh, operates the dummy person? <laughs> yeah, they never get into whether he is controlling it by, like, psychic te- telepathic, you know, uh, telekinetic oh, like a te- magic skills. Like a telekinetic... Uh, ventriloquist dummy kind, or not a ventriloquist? I, I don't other, know. Like a marionette he's a dummy, which is implying, yeah, the rabbit would be manipulating him physically, but also magic seems to be real. It's it's very unclear. It's one hundred percent real. Yeah, it's well, but then again, that's this is a most nitpicky thing. I'm so confused by Amazo's skill set. That is, uh-huh. uh, I have a, a, an infinite hat. I have uh, infinite red balls. Uh, I have the ability to control a humanoid puppet. To the point that it is believable even when a child is in front of me. Even when it bends over and talks in the ear of the child, it's still believable. Yeah. Yeah. But but then he needs mechanical wind-up snakes. So what the deal? <laughs> right. So like, yeah, like what part of it? And so so 
let's say let's say we the three of us we we all become partners and we go in on a club then not in Battleton, right? In another town, uh-huh. right? Sure. And sure. we mm-hmm. want to book Amazo, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like in his rider, like you were saying, Chad, like there's no there's no hotel room. Right? <laughs> we don't need to book a hotel room. But like <laughs> is it part of his rider where he just says like, Hey, I don't need a hotel room, I'll just stay in the in the in the the, the club part, right? And you're like, Okay, mm-hmm. I guess yeah. he just wants to like save money that and he can <laughs> He's being thrifty. Yeah, you can like pocket that part of the, of his fee, I guess. Um, and then when you're interacting with him, are you interacting with the yeah. the, the dummy? Do you talk I guess, to the right? dummy? Like, I guess he tricks you too. Is he tricking you the whole time? I, it's so confusing. I, w- I would like to have like seen one detail where like as the kid is breaking out of the the back uh, the the basement at the beginning when mm-hmm. he goes to Amazo's room the first time, like a PA leaves a like envelope of cash outside the door and goes, thank you, Amazo. Really appreciate it. Like, you know what I mean? Like he has some sort of like, yeah, uh, he's like Ellen where you can't talk, look to right. her. Right. He's got, he's got a, pro- <laughs> there's a protocol for dealing with them. Right. Yeah. Amazo has a crate, bring the crate into the dressing room and then walk out. Close your don't eyes. Touch anything. Close your <laughs> eyes and close the door. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't worry about just the rabbit shit everywhere. Don't worry about it. Do not clean that up. Do not clean that oh up. Uh, can, so we can talk about the other part of this detail. This is already a pretty crazy ending to a book, I would yeah. say. And then and then Amazo, the rabbit, doubles down. With mm-hmm. you're immediately gonna go like, oh well probably one of his spells went wrong. Uh Amazo details that a sorcerer named Frank. Named Frank, and he's Dude. like, "Yeah, just move on." <laughs> it's not his Hold name, on, Nick. Is that Frank. the line? Is that the line that made you love him? Because I that, that-, that was the line. Like I legit like belly laughed. Like the sorcerer named Frank, and then Foz is like, "Frank, the guys are uh, Amazo." Is there- <laughs> I forget who says. Oh yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Ama- Swanzo, Swanzo is like, "Wait, his name is Frank," and then <laughs> Amazo <laughs> takes offense and is like, "Yeah, a sorcerer named Frank." You got a problem with that? <laughs> Your friend's name is Foz, and you're getting on Dude, my case about Frank. He makes fun of Foz's name. It's like, I was like, "That's it. I love him. I love Amazo." <laughs> Amazo was amazing. Amazo was actually very funny. There was some of the well, the funniest writing so far in a Goosebumps book. I agree. Well, also like the detail of the 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 backstory between Amazo and Frank is fascinating. He he says. He was a magician. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll read this yeah. quote from the, from the page I have it pulled up. Here's what happened. I was at the height of my fame. I was the most brilliant magician in the world. Mm-hmm. I made appearances on all the top TV shows. I had millions of fans. Dopey little kids like you looked up to me. Mm-hmm. My <laughs> tricks were the most amazing anyone had ever seen. And Frank was jealous. He was a sorcerer working alone in a basement. <laughs> he could cast amazing spells, but he was kind of ugly with a high-pitched voice. <laughs> People didn't take him seriously. He wanted to be famous like me, but he wasn't, so he turned me into a rabbit. End of story. That's the story. Dude. It's funny, but it's 100% ridiculous and doesn't make a lot of sense. Dude, oh, here it is. So I built that mechanical dummy over there, and I made him look just like me, and I kept doing my shows. So you control the puppet, Mm -hmm. and that's it. And we just blow past the rest of him. Yep. Let's yeah. not ask any questions. It's some sort of cog, cog man. Um, dude, Amazo is just like, yeah, I said I control him. Are you deaf? Right? <laughs> like that's, and he moves past it right away. And they're just like, wow, you're really rude, Amazo. It was, it's great. It's a great moment. He, he basically explains, and th- I love this cliffhanger. 
This is one of the best cliffhangers. This book had so many terrible ones where it was just questions, but then it had these ones that were also bad but hilarious, like the uh, like like the one I forget what the one I re- referred to earlier was, but they, oh the uh, um, he's like, am I really gonna do this? Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. <laughs> there's so many, there's so many great ones like that, but then this is the best one. He says, "Can you help my sister before we return your thing? Before we re- return your uh, your your tr- bag of tricks?" And he goes. There's nothing I can do for her. Dun, dun, dun. And then the next chapter begins. There's nothing I can do for her because it's going to be okay in a couple of hours. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the doctor from Rest of Development that's yes. constantly like, I'm sorry, yeah. your father's gone. I mean, he left. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's exactly that. It's hilarious. And what a great, it's, it's so bad, but so funny. Turns out, all she's got to do is chill for a little bit. She just took two bites of the carrot. It's going to wear off in a half an hour. So they could have kept sure. the bag of awesome tricks and, and gotten away with it. That dude, that's true. He could have pawned that stuff to Mr. Malik. He could have taken that whole he bag. Made, oh, my God. He could have traded. He could have made so traded. much money. Oh, my God. Oh, what a, what a, that's, now that is a Twilight Zone situation right there. Dude, he had well. Speaking of that, let's talk about the the actual full ending because this is like three yes. pages away yes. from the end, uh, and this is the most like goosebumps choose your own adventure ending where it just kind of like goes down a weird hole, right? And just ends. It just Dude, ends. There's so many so many loose threads at mm-hmm. the end of this where you're like, okay, wait a minute, what? Mm-hmm. Hold on a second. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so like Amazo or I'm sorry, uh, Swanzo sends Ginny and Foz home. Yep. And it's just like, I'm gonna hang here with Amazo for a second and get a heart to heart with him. Mm-hmm. Go talk to mm-hmm. my my idol. I'm gonna meet. I'm gonna meet my idol, right? Yeah. Which and never meet your never meet your idols. Don't never, meet your, especially yeah. if they've been turned into a rabbit. Yes. And Paul going along with those weird kick. This was the weirdest Kickstarter or um, the weirdest cliffhanger because it uh-huh. was like it was like, hey, do you want to join my act? Uh huh. And then he's like, why don't we give you a try? And I was like, oh, no, Amazo, what are you saying to him? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> as he closes the door, right? As he, <laughs> yeah, as he kicks yeah. the dressing room door shut. Uh, so the, the, the end beat of this, Nick, do you want to describe what... It's really just like two pages of a chapter. Do you want to describe what they oh, the end Dude, is? it was such a weird twist. Like, I read it, and then I was like, wait, what the fuck? And I read it again. <laughs> went back and read it again. <laughs> so, uh, Swanzo uh, joins Amazo's act. But Swanzo or uh, Mazo turned him into the rabbit, so they switched places. Yeah, and I, is Amazo still a rabbit? I think maybe. Yeah, I think he's still a rabbit. But also, it's it's that he the twist is I thought he wanted me to take the dummy's place, which would have made perfect sense. Yes, right. But he didn't realize he wanted to retire and have me take his place. Mm-hmm. So the 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 wording's really weird. It's, I'm not complaining. Amazo gives me plenty of juicy lettuce and all the carrots I can eat. Mm-hmm. I even have a stage name of my now. It's the professional name, Fluffy. So it, I take that as Amazo's still a rabbit because he's stuck. Yep. He is literally retiring where he just like gets some of the money and just eats food and whatever rabbits right, do. Right, right. Still uses the animatronic Amazo in the oh. act and then he just doesn't have to be on stage. He oh, fran- what? He, yeah, he franchises his show. Not even. He doesn't even franchise it. He just creates a, a, a magic slave that he makes to his work. This guy accomplished what Slappy set out to do in, th- in his three Slappy books in one book. Good job, Amazo. <laughs> wow. I, and I would argue that, and again, because we don't get into how this machine man, Amazo, works, 
Mesa would still have to be doing that same puppeteering work. I right? think the same like, amount of work. Like right? nearby, yeah. He's still doing it. Instead, but now he's just got another person on stage. Now he's just sitting behind the curtain, just doing all, b- pulling all the strings. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. So, I do, uh, but I don't like hiding inside the black top hat, and I hate it when the Amazo dummy pulls me up too hard by the ears. That really hurts. It's it. He's he, he just he's just treating this kid like trash, but he loves it. I don't know what this, but what was this supposed to be saying to us, guys? I, I got. To- <laughs> I got to the end of it, and I was like, what was the point of that whole story? I think it's follow your dreams no matter where it takes you, and no yeah. matter who yeah. gets burned in the process. Even if, and even if you're miserable as hell in your dream. It, yes. it was, it was the, the story was driving towards a surprisingly sweet kind of conclusion of, like, you went through hell today, but here's the thing, kid. You can be in my act, and I'll be, you know, you get to be with your idol, and I'll still be a rabbit, and you get to, we'll work together. That would actually have been a really sweet ending. And then RL just took the steering wheel and went, bad end, and he just shifted it right off the road. Uh, yep. <laughs> into this is what <laughs> we got. This, this left me with one question. When I finished, it just, it ended, and I was like, okay, he's, he's a part of the show now, and it seems like he's not super happy. But you know what it really, like, made me question? I said, wait a second. When that kid got dumped into that basement in the middle of this book, Amazo was just going to let him die in there, wasn't he? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, he never went to go yeah. check on him or anything. He wasn't going to check on him. He was going to let him die in there. Yeah, you're right. Dude, there, everyone up, in man. the theater. But also, there should have been like five other dead kid skeletons that just down there from the previous shows. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, Ginny's not going to go looking for him again. Right? Uh, like, Ginny gets turned back into a human and she's just going to be like... Hey, what happened to yeah. my brother? <laughs> the parents, the parents are like really depressed. Working after a couple of weeks, they're like, "Didn't we used to have a boy? We used to have two of these, right? We had two, but that other one kind of stank. He was kind of a dud. So whatever. I guess Battleton got the best of it. Uh, I guess the murder mobs got him. They must have one of the roaming bands of marauders picked him up. Yeah. Oh well, well that's just living in Battleton. <laughs> Nick, what did you think about your your goosebumps reading in the modern day? I liked it. It made me feel like a voracious reader. Uh-huh. <laughs> Tore through this. You in can like read it in an hour. hour. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, it was mm-hmm. really nice. Um, yeah, it makes me want to read other ones to like pick Does up on it? all the little tropes wow. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, we converted someone into reading more goosebumps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's look this one. I okay, Chad. I just need to know why did you think this was the scariest one? Because magic is real, and you become a you can um, be- magic's. Magic's real. Uh, I get really anxious over particularly the uh, beats of like the drowning in items kind of thing from uh-huh. uh, Harry Potter. And this, I think that's actually a very scary image. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. And, and fails real. Uh, I, I, I think mostly the fact that a shady nightclub was turning a blind eye to child abandonment and, and murder uh-huh. constantly was like, oh, God, these kids are not going to make it out of this room. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's I, dark as hell. I mean, there, yeah, there wasn't like it, it still has the goosebumps thing where you're like not really worried if any of the kids are going to make out of it mm-hmm. or are going to make it out, right? Because you don't really care about the kids. I kind of liked Ginny and wanted nothing to happen to Ginny. Yeah. Uh, but I was more just like things are happening at a new pace where like okay, yeah, like it, it's getting into the magic faster than it's used to be happening. Uh-huh. This is like maybe one of my favorite goosebump books. I, wow. I really enjoyed this okay. one. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. I I gotta say I was not super happy with it, but it did have the funniest character in a Goosebuds book or Goosebumps book, uh, in in Amazo. Uh, yeah. And it yeah. did. And I liked that it was real magic. I thought that was cool. 
Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. I liked uh, Amazo on the cover of this. Terrifying. Yeah, scary Amazo. I was really nervous we weren't going to get an angry rabbit, but we did, but we got one. Oh, Shane, that's probably Amazo <laughs> on the cover. Yeah, that's Amazo. That's Amazo. Nick, how many hairs out of uh, how many hairs would you give this? I'd give it um, I'd give it a good four hairs. Okay, okay, four whole hairs. What about you, Chad? Um, out of how many hairs? Sorry. I hey, it's your scale, man. Um, there's a lot of rabbits anywhere. I'd give this a good uh, nine out of thirteen hairs. Wow. I, for a kid's book of like getting into shit, I think this would be a pretty good one too. Okay. Read. All right. Despite the stupid nonsense ending. I'm going to give this a Friar Tuck hair. It's good around the edges, but when you get to the middle, there's not a lot there. <laughs> Guys, this is like uh, a pretty interesting point for when the later books in the Goosebumps core series. Um, I just wanted to share with you guys going through the Wikipedia entry for this. Uh, there is, yes. you know, chronically, I want to see how often Amazo pops up, right? Oh, Amazo um, comes back? Uh, well, in, in other Goosebumps stuff. Apparently sure. in no uh, way. Goosebumps series 2000, in Return to Horrorland, in a magic show, uh, Mazo's doing tricks. That's a nice little Easter egg, mm-hmm. no pun intended. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and then also Goosebumps the Game, which is one that we haven't played, the 3DS one. Okay, uh, yeah. Uh, Mazo makes an appearance. After the player returns to the tunnel entrance to their neighborhood, a rabbit appears. The player must mm-hmm. give the rabbit a top hat. Such a hat can be found at the crashed moving truck. After seeing the top hat, the rabbit stands on two legs and begins talking. Okay. And he just he says he's amazed before he leaves. Cool. So it's like it's a, it's a talking rabbit. And then I want to figure out what the source is. Another games version of Amazo. Uh, I'm if you search like Amazo 2018 game, uh, uh-huh. this image pops up and it's fucking horrifying. That's not the right one in the Discord. Sorry. Okay. That's just uh, that's just Amazo that you just sent us. That's, that's just Amazo. Yeah. Mostly depicted as just like a white rabbit with maybe some evil teeth. And then I don't know which artist decided to like. Let's let's horrify Amazo a little bit more. Ju- judge him up a little uh, bit, yeah. L- yeah, let's Junji Ito him up a little bit. <laughs> Junji uh, Ito. Posted- oh my god! Oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> it's like a. It's yeah. Paul, describe it. It's like a. It's a terror psycho rabbit, psychic rabbit. He has mind powers. You can tell because he's got green energy emanating from his head, and yes, his teeth are not for eating lettuce, which is what a rabbit for eats. They're for eating bones. Oh, that's terrifying. It looks like the it looks like the rabbit from um the Twilight Zone movie. Yes. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. It's more oh. Frank the Bunny from uh yes. what's that sci-fi movie? Yes, from Donnie Darko, yeah. Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko than anything. Uh. Yeah. Oh god, it is. Oh, Jesus. Wow, it's horrific. Dude, I think that's the inspiration for <laughs> Yes, definitely. For <laughs> definitely. That oh. with hair. Oh boy. Horror. Pure heart. Uh, rabbits are terrifying. Yeah, when you blow them up and you give them real uh, claws and and uh, mandibles, very scary. Yeah, my brother had very, a rabbit, not a fan. No, <laughs> no, no. Did it bite you? No, no. It's it's, it's just uh, not a good pet. There's no. nothing nothing you can really do with a rabbit. No, except for eat it. Yeah, Foz, Foz's <laughs> sister was you know that was that doesn't make any sense for her to have that rabbit. No, gave her should have should have let it run away, kid. Yep. Better off with that. I'm glad. I'm glad that no animals were harmed in this book. Me too. Like, I, I, I said eat a rabbit, but I'm just yeah. I'm glad they didn't either. Good for good for Ariel for not hurting any rabbits. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, Nick, is is there any other? Um, I mean, thank you again for being part of us. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. This was awesome. A lot of fun. Uh, is there any like final kind of thoughts or, or words of wisdom you'd like to pass along, or however else this has changed your life? I think 
everyone just needs to be careful around magic and mm-hmm. magicians. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they're to be trusted. Definitely not. Yeah. No. That's it. Just don't trust the magician. Just don't trust them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, their 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 point of existence, like they're 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 in the business of tricking you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Tricking yeah. is my business. Right. Right. Yeah. And business is good. <laughs> Never go with a magician to a second location. No. 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 Which means if you were Never called did. on stage by a magician, it's already too late for you. <laughs> yes. You're done. You yeah. might as well just accept your fate. You're doomed. <laughs> Nick, Nick, where can people where can people find more of you, Nick? Uh, I'm usually hanging out with Paul on Continue. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Hey Nick Murphy. Um, yeah, man, doing pretend friends and doing all that stuff. Come find us. Great, great, great content. If if you two if you two together are on a project, I am in- interested. Aw, too kind, you sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. guys, what do you say we go try and figure out how to access the uh, the fifth dimension and see if we can get Dom out of there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. He's probably getting kind of scared and lost, and just like hitting a door over and over. We should look into oh that. My God, did you guys put him in the basement? You put him in the basement. You, you, uh, you amazed oh him. You're right. That's the fifth dimension. We called it that a while ago. I totally forgot. Whoops. <laughs> no, it all works. Nick, thank you all again. Um, of course, I'll just give some quick loves to. If you want to check out more of the show, besides continue on YouTube, pretend mm-hmm. friends on all podcast services. Hey, if you also want to support this show. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at GooseBudsPod. We have a website now you can go to to find all of our stuff. That's GooseBudsPod.com. We also have an Etsy store now where we have some sick, sweet merch. Uh, Buy some that shirts. We've been putting together. Buy some shirts and hats, guys. It's it's still working despite uh, the coronavirus. They are still making shirts. And yes. uh, we appreciate your support that contributes Ooh, to the show nice. as well. Uh, and you can also go to patreon.com slash goosebuds to vote on which books we read, join our exclusive discord, get access to bonus camp goosebuds episodes. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. We are churning out content because we are stuck indoors. <laughs> Come stay inside with us. <laughs> Nick, thank you so much again. Uh, uh, it was a pleasure. We'd love to have you back sooner. Anytime. Than- yes. I love doing it. So uh, I like goosebuds now, or goosebumps. So he's on board. We got I'm him. on board, we guys. Him. We got him. We got another one. Tricked him. <laughs> See you guys next episode. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye. This episode of Goosebuds is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon supporters. They include these spectacular people. Thank you to these new patrons, such as Kelly the Barbarian, Spooky Bones with a Z, Thomas Miller, just a regular guy, Justin Wagman, Stefan Jive Turkey Kuwabara. Thank you to Egg Baby. Two in the slink, one also in the slink, all three in the slink then. Hollis Hornbeak. Hey fellas, we're smelling real good. Cardboard walk. Buddy Moral. Please let me go home, I don't want to read names anymore. Um, I only read three, but anyway, we're gonna keep going. Frank Enstein. Cameron Murphy Audio. Dylan McCann. Levithan. David Cron. Germ Juice. Ryan Shell. Josh Robertson. Jonas Evan Voltson. Tommy, Lord of the Swords. Howie. Michael McDowell. Sean Manog. 
Vincent Modica, Mike Lanteri, Calamity Carl, Heath Robinson, Nathan Dolezal, Jacob the Rough-Handed, Connor Church, Nick Hinkle, SNES Chalmers, Rug, Allocade, Arachnid Delight, Up and Champ, Clayton C, John Pigeonhat Barber, Sam Bambino, Fred Atkins, Nick Johnson, Luke Noodles, Mel Dipson, Scotty Pippen, Alicia Grafe, Mickey C, Stephen Day, Anthony Kuabara, Not to Pearl Henderson, Kate and Franklin, Brock Graham, Jared Mason, Chip Handsome, Hugh Bolin, Jim Greaves, Jared Nutty, Joe Gorman, Joshua Lopez, Matt McClellan, Carl Zankeef. R.L. Slink, Maloyster, Afshin, Stinklich, Blake Alvarez, Danky McStanky, Zach Bush, Jake Young, Jennifer Britton, Adam Morocco, Yanni Markovina, Aaron T. Strunk, Dak Prinky, Elusive Koala, Dango Twist, Dr. Worm, Paul's Christmas Sock, Victor, Help me, other two guys. I can't stop jacking while reread these. Jesus Christ! Brian Wells. Jeremy Bowser. Boney. Zentacles hasn't done a funny name on Patreon in a while. Don't worry, Zentacles. You got a new one lined up. I'm sure of it. J.R. Chip. Boss Skeleton. Drew Applegate. Ryan Carroll. Brooke X. Becca McWilliams. Sadie Kitson. Christian Vanskever. Jonas Blotterman. I wish R.L. Stein were my dad. I do not. Corey Shelley. Stealth Bates. Megan McCormick Mason. Zach Zyball. Joseph Miranda. Nathan Whitmore. Joe. Patrick Reynolds. Plushy Pal. Low Belly Hate Me. Scott Colopy. Hood Lemon. Brian Hobgood. Jason Crooker. Horse McPowers. Jeremy Lowe. John Keaty. Ninja Bread Man. Nathan Remick. Robert Moon. The Letter S. Zach Connor. Third Sergio. Spencer Thomas Kimball. Divaldi. Christina Doling. Tanya Turtle. Anxious Serve. Clay Castle. Wacky Username. Reed Steubendike. Colin and I wear Billabong. Is this a ad? Colin, are you doing an ad for Billabong? Andrew Barrow. Foolish for Deborah. Still a pretty decent dog, generally speaking. Good, good. Bad Vibes Jr. Jake H. Calf. Brett. Joey Evans. Joe, remember to save early and often, Scott. Got little old Moa, pretty freaked. Jordan Lockwood. Matt, the half-court warlock bachelor. Uh, Manuel Aviles. Carewise Gamgee. Miguel Pardo. Robo Obvious. Joe, spooky digital ghost, Tierney. Paul Grasso. Chick. Patreon underscore donator, comma, yo. Trans rights. Fuck yeah. Elliot Thompson III. Valhalla Black. Walter Frazier. Russell Gore. Swaggy Yolo Squire. Ishak Arafin. Your shoes are untied. Tom Whitman. Maddie. Adam Bauer. Deja Monet. Matthew Cryptozoophilia. Ashley W. Cameron Hansen. Reinfected. Juan Wallapena. Cameron. Chaboy Mrs. Purple Ketchup. Sniggy Van Peters. The gas leak was never fixed. None of this is real. Please wake... I, it's cut off. I'm sorry, friend. Please wake me up. I don't know. Danger Tits. Tyler Penner. Wonderskin. John the Howling Eye Duda. Alan Saylor. Jordan Slamsey. Llama Consultant. Chosen One. 
Lordzer. Andrew Jadzik talks to Joe Para about Goosebuds. Gregory D. Warren. Muscles Bear. Etienne O'More. James Roy. Parker Lee. General Lee Depressing. Mikey Jello. Stinkline the Goblin. Lots of fantasy fiction references these days. Goose Time. Sam Hash. Chris Nelson. Cardamom Birkenbino. Taylor Dix. Clay McCarty. Lord Cornwallis. Alistair Perez. Dakota Campion. Y'all ever uh, lick on socks? Bradford Coulter. Jacob Foster. Yeah, yeah. Cody Redfield. Keith Halcrow. Andrew Evans. Dylan Vaughn. Milky Bar Nuggets. Daddy's Happy Apple Boy. Jinkei. Shay Day. Elizabeth Steenweg. Jonas Engman. Timothy Misodoulakis. Rich Hillborn. Yoplin. Foothless Berry, the Whistler Bostowitz. Baz Gerritsen. Trendy Moron. Chris Pittman. Aiden Alexander Dace. Dan. Wesley. Dylan Eatz. Joshua Jacobwitz. Just Garrett. Thank you all so very, very much. We love you. Flypaper. The work of the people. Owned by the people. Supported by the people. Visit flypaper.fm.